Um, I've been cagey with the few people who have asked me who who's filling in this week, so you are our suspense. Nice. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show-turned-podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. I'm Bobby Pape. On Saturdays, we look back at a memory from TBTL history as chosen by a 10. And you just heard us talk with listener Hannah and listen to Jen singing her recap of A Night at the Opera in 2009. If you haven't gone back yet to hear that one, please do. Hannah is a delight. And it's a spectacular moment of Jen Andrews. On Mondays, as always, we recap the week of TBTL that was, even when it's a week of reruns. Joining me to look back at five Phyllis Fletcher faves, the woman who doesn't care if you love or hate us so long as you don't wait for cake, Christy Wise. (laughs) Hello. Hi, Christy. Uh, And as Christy, as you know, uh, Mike Frizzell is off this week. Uh, since no normal human can truly replace Mike, we've had to move on to a guest host who is half man and half robot, the pride of Hector, Minnesota, Stu, Stubot Newman. Hello, Stubot. Hey, guys. Uh, how's it going? Good. <laughs> My mic just fell down, by the way. Sorry about that. <laughs> off to our running start. I need to know, does mm. Mike turn in his days off to Steve Nelson? <laughs> he seems to be having a lot of them lately. Yeah, I think he does. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just glad that Glenn let you have the computer room this morning, Stu. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Glenn. Uh, Glenn's uh, he's uh, he hasn't been around in a while with the uh, the arrest and all that. So <laughs> um, apparently, when you make that many threats, the CIA does start oh, paying okay. attention, or FBI, one of, the, one of those government agencies. Right. So, but no, he, he's had a rough patch. But uh, no, we're we're working through it. I've got my hot plate working. Had some. Uh, <laughs> Ramen was pretty good. The uh, Oriental flavor, which I think is the most racist <laughs> named um, flavor of ramen, the most racist soup. <laughs> no, it, it tastes like exactly. a rug, so it's okay. Oh, it really does. It's not. not it's all. It's all salt and rugs, basically. So, guys are making me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad. Very glad. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm hope. Hopefully, I can. Uh, carry uh mike frizzell's um weight here well we're not gonna you know? sign yeah. you up for that yeah, that's a pretty tall gonna... order yeah well i mean i've never been i've never been to jail and I have no stories about going to jail so we're kind of boned in that regard but um i'll do my best well otherwise. you're in the baby bell hot seat we'll take whatever we can get <laughs> okay sounds good <laughs> i don't have a lot of lrb business for us this week um other than welcoming you Stu. We are glad to have you. It's not every day that we have a TBTL guest co-host who's also an LRB guest co-host. So you're a bit of a celebrity in our eyes. It, well, you know, I like I try to I try to be that for everybody. And um, I had to actually uh, turn down a um, uh, there's like a Chicago tens meetup mm-hmm. next yes. week, I think. And I had to, I, we have a family in town actually, so we're, I'm not going to be able to head down to um, Chicago, uh, city of big wind. <laughs> Um, whatever other nicknames are, <laughs> Meat Town. I think it's a yeah, Sausage Town, um, Onion Second Place, um, the Windy yeah, the Windy Place, um, Illinois Place Town City. Um, anyway, but I'm not going to be there next week. So sorry about that, people who are maybe hoping I'd get on I-94 <laughs> and just start heading south for eight hours. Um, 
going to be in St. Cloud still. So well, sorry about that. If Luke has have taught fun. us anything, it's that when you have major responsibilities on the horizon, disappearing for a week for a cross country road trip is the right choice. Yes, always. <laughs> it's exactly the right thing to do. Um, I have uh, just a couple of questions for you before we get started with our week in review, Stu. And these were not on the rundown. So if you don't like them or don't have That's an answer, okay. we'll just fill in yakety sacks over your answers. Um, <laughs> Okay. First question is: Is hashtag hire Stu still in effect? Should we be plastering social media? Oh yes, please. Yes, Good. please. So we'll we'll continue get that doing the that. title of this show and the uh, the dozens of impressions it will make on the World Wide Web will be dedicated to you. <laughs> uh, second question: mm-hmm. I've noticed through your recent messages with CBTL um, a, a brand switch. Did you go from Marbreds to Parliaments or Parliaments to Marbreds, and why? Um, I think, um, when you're like, you know, when you, when you're struggling to find employment, um, I think parliaments have a more desperate quality and the flavor just is that's much stronger. So I think it's, uh, it's, it, it was a brand switch to parliaments and, um, I just sit on the front lawn a little more desperate every day and you just take in that, uh, that smooth parliament flavor. And it just kind of says, Hey, world. We're in the shit now, together, and then and then you you take in the parliament the parliament drag. Well, so. if we see pictures of you with Newports, we will send in the cavalry. Yeah, that's. I I don't think it's going to get. It hasn't gotten that bad yet, but you know, I haven't switched to American spirits yet, so it hasn't gotten <laughs> that good either. So. Just don't be that pretentious asshole who's rolling his own cheap ass cigarettes please don't oh yeah good hanging out hanging out with the uh the uh, victorian era lady from port townsend <laughs> and hauling a type hauling a typewriter to the coffee shop and typing on a typewriter <laughs> at the coffee shop i think that would be that, those those assholes oh man uh with that let's take a look at a week of phyllis faves spelled not the way it sounds or looks uh, for those of you who listen to us, but not TBTL for some ungodly reason, uh, <laughs> Luke decided to take a week off to work on Burbank Springs and recruited Phyllis Fletcher to choose five favorite episodes from her time banditing uh, to reflect on as a family of tens. And she did an excellent job choosing five episodes that make Luke and Andrew look a little ridiculous. Starting with Monday, 1942, the old scam and mock. And from the archives, this is a story of Luke attempting to do stand-up at a pizza place and it going about as bad as possible. This is a Labor Day Monday edition of the show. Luke is delighted to let us know that they are not throwing up a best of for the day, but instead for the whole week um, so that Luke can bask in asbestos dust. And he introduces Phyllis and the premise for the week. Uh, We find out that Phyllis has put a lot of thought into her picks. She's been time editing for the last 10 months or so. And she's back. She's heard everything from January of 2012 to the present. Um, Stu, how much TBTL have you heard in general, roughly? Was it just when we when we joined Infinite Guests? So has it been maybe less than a year? Yes, this all of these were new to me. All the ones this week were new. So I've not I've not done hardly any time bandit uh, time banditing unless I had needed it for like a blog post or something. Sure. So I came yeah I came in I came in pretty cold into the world of TBT. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was um, a job requirement. Oh no, it's okay. It, it's better it's better just to rip the bandaid <laughs> off. I found. 
uh, Christy, these were all reruns to you, right? Yes. What about you? I, I had heard them all. These were all from my time. I'm I'm far enough in now. I started back in the, the Jen Andrews era, so uh, these are pretty new to me. But, uh, Stu, looking through your notes for this week, I think there are some things where we can educate you a bit, and I think that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'd be Before great. we get into the Monday re, uh, rerun, best of, uh, Gem from the Archive, uh, Stu, you have a note right off the top because you got a mention on Monday's show. Yes, yes, I did. Um, I believe they had mentioned somebody was from Buffalo um, and not um, Buffalo Lake, which is where Luke said I was from. But I would need to point out that um, I graduated from Buffalo Lake Hector High School, which was a combined school with the cities of Buffalo Lake and Hector. Hector is where I'm from. Buffalo Lake is the town five miles to the east. And um, the thing you would need to know about Buffalo Lake is that, one, I'm not from there. And two, it has neither Buffalo nor a lake, but it's called Buffalo Lake. And I mean, that's just, you know, that's, mm-hmm. it's, I, I really can't tell you how they, how they do out in rural Minnesota, but they will name a town after two features that are not present in the but city. Limits. It's very rare. <laughs> Maybe it's an ironic name because there's so many lakes in Minnesota that it's like calling the bald guy curly. Yeah. That's, uh, I'd like to say there's, um, that, amount of ironic distance <laughs> and uh, clever wordplay in Renville County, but uh, sadly, um, no, no, that's, that's not the case. It's just, uh, I assume the early settlers, there were probably buffalo in the vicinity and there was probably a lake that they drained for to make more pasture and farmland. And uh, I assume that's the genesis. But if you were to go into Buffalo Lake right now, the first thing you would do is what the fuck am I doing in Buffalo Lake? Oh, yes. Can yeah. I swear? Just sorry. I sorry. Aiden. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I, I did. I don't want, I don't want you guys to get the explicit tag just because I couldn't control my potty <laughs> mouth. Um, and the second thing you would say is there's, there's no Buffalo or there's no lake here. So anyway, that's, that's, that's my story about uh, where I'm from and just clarifying what Luke said on Monday. Well, show. thank you. Uh, and we're proud to have the, oh, no problem. Uh, the pride of Hector here. So Yes, thank you. It's good to be here. Before we get into the rerun, Luke gives us a little bit of perspective on his life when this was taped. This episode's from, uh, I think, September 2012. Just reading it in the, yeah, September 7th. It's actually um, almost exactly three years from, actually, I think it was exactly three years from the date of this Monday episode. And Luke has come a long yes. way in three years. We don't need to get into it too much because listeners from back then will know that they were terrible, horrible times for TVTL. And it was mm-hmm. really hard to listen back then, right, Christy? Yeah. Well, and this is on the upside of the bad things because he actually is together with Carrie. Right. So, right. He, so- he's seeing someone. The time between when he didn't tell us that he broke up with Vanessa and when he started talking about a girlfriend, that's really dark. Right. <laughs> um, I think the affirmation that Luke generally needs comes from that significant other. And so it was it was frustrating. There was also a gap of a lack of co-hosts around the same time. Um, <laughs> and, and no Andrew one should really, podcast alone. Right. No one should podcast alone. Mike Frizzell <laughs> reminds us of that constantly. Uh, and there's some really painful stuff in there. But this is a young, fresh, bushy-eyed Andrew that we get here. <laughs> and uh, it's exciting. We get into the episode. Uh, there's a mention of the sport ball, which is something that yes. stuck around in the lexicon for like a year after that story. Mm-hmm. 
from that that little stupid arcade game football that Luke stole from a casino. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew notes that he knows just enough about sports to be dangerous. I don't know that he even knows quite that much usually, uh, but I would say <laughs> that's still true. Um, Luke just saw the movie Sleepwalk with Me, which is what inspires his stand-up adventure. Good movie. I liked Sleepwalk with Me a lot. Um, and the only open mic f- he can find is at a pizzeria called Pegasus Pizza, which sounds like mm-hmm. hell on earth. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Now is that a chain? Is that a chain in the northwest? Um, there's, or is that just a? There's a shop? few of them, and all of them are not good. Um, <laughs> it can't tell if it wants to be Greek or Italian, so there's a lot of uh, what they call specialty pizza with feta cheese on it. Um, oh, but there we it's go. not good. Okay. And it, <laughs> where this is located in Kirkland. So I saw you made a note about, Mm -hmm. what is it? Is it one of those suburbs that is kind of lame, filled with soccer moms and angry khaki dads? You nailed it. Um, Yes. This is where I went to high school. Okay, We have those here too. This is where I went to high school. Oh, really? And I grew up here. So this this Pegasus Pizza is in a, um, a, what are those called? Strip mall that has gone to die. Yeah. Um, And it's on a kind of a highway, four lane highway where you can't get over to get into it. So it's pretty much, I don't even know how this place is still <laughs> around. Um, Kirkland is where the first Costco was built. And that's why everything is called yeah. Kirkland signature. That's a Costco brand. Yep. So that tells you a little bit okay. about the place. <laughs> it's definitely Costco okay. and yoga pants moms. Okay. I have to rethink those so designer jeans that Sam got me for Christmas last year. Now I thought Kirkland <laughs> was some exotic, uh, Kirkland right. denim. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh no! <laughs> so yeah, this is in a terrible, terrible location. When he was talking about it, just think of a terribly rundown pizza place that maybe used to be an old Pizza Hut, so you can get the layout, and no one is in there. Right, no one except a couple of other comedians, quote unquote. <laughs> There to practice their material and one audience <laughs> member that came with Luke. Corvette Dave is right there. Corvette out Dave's always there. It was it was Corvette Dave, right? Or was it was it another was it like what he's got like that group of like three or four friends with well, there's a Newman I know, but right. not me. Yep. And there's like the Humper <laughs> and Drive Chain, I think. <laughs> But anyway, Fiero Bob was there, right? That was the guy. Right. Okay. So Fiero Bob was there, and Luke did a mic drop because he was bombing so bad. And he actually broke the mic, and he got yelled at about the mic. Is that, is that the, is that the yes. summary of his stand-up Right. Uh, he went up. Disaster? He was bombing. While when he told it the first time, I cringed as he told that story. Yep. And it's not like Luke has never worked with a microphone. He knows full well that if you actually do a mic no. drop, it's going to fuck up the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and they are rel- I mean, if it's a good microphone, it's relatively <clears throat> expensive. I mean, it's audio equipment. Of course, right. it's Although it doesn't sound like it was a particularly nice setup because it sounds like somebody went to like a children's store and bought a karaoke machine or something. But still, yeah. Yeah. Um, I Just to set the scene, so he's standing in the dining room area of this Pegasus pizza 
these other comedians with their notebooks are standing around. Cutlass Johnny is there, and he's wearing an NPR <laughs> t-shirt, which just is the perfect touch to me. Of course he's wearing an NPR t-shirt. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Uh, what did you think of Luke's closer that he says always gets a laugh? The stranger ad about all the freaky stuff, but no freaks? I think it's a good joke. I think I, I, I would have at least given a polite chuckle. I mean, it's just, it's a good setup. You know, it's got the traditional this, 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 then the misdirection at the end. That's a classic joke setup. It's like the rule of threes, you know? So I would have definitely given him a polite right. chuckle. He was, he was correct to be angry that nobody laughed. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt that it was a cold room, but I just don't, I don't understand. When yeah. you walk into a pizza place and you see that setup, what doesn't say, let's just yeah. pretend we're here to order a pizza and then get the hell out of here. Yeah. Well, I mean, and my, my guess is maybe, you know, you know, I just, they, they showed up and I mean, that's just one of those things where you just want to just nail, I mean, you just, you want to work through your material. I mean, you're, you're at the prestigious Pegasus Pizza comedy stage in Kirkland in a strip mall that's going to be dead soon. And you just, you're there and, you know, yeah, you know, just, <laughs> man, I just, I feel bad. To be I fair, there bad. was a lot of competition at this pizzeria because there was a barbershop quartet in the other room. <laughs> that, that really was a nice touch. And There's I like a lot of Andrew... entertainment in a place where no one goes, is what right. I thought. Welcome to yeah. my life as an evening trivia host, by the way. <laughs> Walking into these terrible yeah. situations, places so desperate to bring in new business. I've got some shows that are great, but just last mm -hmm. night I was I was having drinks with my boss and she and I were just running down the list of things that, that automatically count a venue out as a good trivia venue. There's a new bar that opened around the corner from my house and they've already put up Biker's Welcome on their marquee. It's not going to be a good trivia bar. Oh boy. Uh, similarly, no, uh, no strip uh, strip malls not good trivia venues. <laughs> bar in a strip Whatever. bar, strip strip mall, it's not going to go well. Um, just one one quick, ad, which is not on the show sheet though. If you um, my experience with like um Mexican food, if it's in a strip mall, it's awesome every time. Hmm. I don't know if that's um for anybody else, but if you ever get Mexican food in a strip mall, it's Always fantastic. It makes sense to me, actually, because they've got absolutely nothing going for them except their food. So they wouldn't stay open if their food wasn't amazing. Correct. And it's usually just, you know, it's like strip mall. I assume rent is really cheap. So it's maybe people who've just moved here from the old country and are just, you know, making like the, you know, the uh, ta uh, tacos al pastor and like, you know, homemade tortillas and everything. And it's just phenomenal food. The best breakfast tacos on planet Earth I had were from an Austin strip mall. I was not there with Frizzell. I was there on my own. <laughs> and they were just, I've never had anything that good in my mouth ever. And you can um, pull that quote out of context if you want to. Was already planning on it. Jeremy, make a note. Okay, thank you. <laughs> make a note. Get the, get the time stamp on that one. Uh, as usual, from a, a great episode of TBTL, uh, the, the guys got to zero of the stories teased in the intro of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really too bad because I think they they eventually did come back around to talking quite a lot about Chris Cluey, everybody's favorite punter, uh, and mm -hmm. Stu. Yes, this, that's in your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, he was the Vikings punter when he was um, doing that. Um, his uh, very vocal um, support for gay marriage, and um, I had uh, myself had written a few things in other venues for that, and he had reached out via DM just to say, hey, he really liked, you know, what I wrote and stuff like that. So he was always, 
he didn't actually do it in public, so I didn't get the, you know, the shine mm-hmm. from that. But privately, he let me know I was doing okay. So that was nice of Chris Cluey to do that. So Perfect. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a good guy in my book. He's a little, he, he can be a little much sometimes on Twitter because he has a very, very large self-righteous streak, which, you know, that's common as water on the Internet. So he's hardly the only one. But sometimes a little... A little cluey can go a long way, <laughs> he's, but generally he's on he's generally he's on the right side of history. So and he's also I'll let him get away with his fifty. He's words. also very handsome. If you guys want to look him up, um, he, and if he, you want, yeah, he's a, he's a good he's looking very man. Good looking. If you want to listen to his episode when he actually was on TBTL, it's episode um, one thousand one hundred sixty five. I did not know he was on TBTL. Yeah, he was, and it got really awkward when Luke asked him if next time he's in town, he wanted to go hang out at Capitol Hill, which is the gay district, gay neighborhood in Seattle. <laughs> and Chris kind of was quiet for a little bit. <laughs> I know. And Chris got quiet for a little bit. And he goes, um, I'm usually working when I'm there. <laughs> you know, because he comes in, they come in to town like exactly one day, right? They come in. Right. Couple hours probably on Saturday, <laughs> work all day Sunday, and then leave. <laughs> He's not going to go to the hang out at the gay bars with <laughs> some podcast guy. <laughs> It'll be quite the page six picture Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, we even got a, a moment of Luke sticking his foot in his mouth that wasn't even in this week's show. So nice work, Christy. <laughs> on it. Well on done. a Tuesday, well 1943, male pattern, low self-esteem. We open, uh, as I don't remember if it was actually mentioned on Monday, but as is usual with these marathons of reruns, uh, they're recording the intros for all of these episodes all at once. And we start <gasps> with Andrew at the bottom of a virtual cave watching Minecraft YouTube <laughs> tutorials. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Luke, for his video game story, tells a tale of the time he broke his friend Peter Williams' tooth with a Nintendo controller, a story that I think I could tell fairly well, but that Luke tells better. And so I think we should cut in now and call this our clip of the week, if that's all right with everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. All right, Jeremy, roll our clip of the week. Peter Williams and I used to play Nintendo baseball, like the <laughs> one where the... Guys were like little squat dudes. Yeah. And he had figured out how to just like um like steal bases. Like if you if you kept running in between the bases, what would happen is the computer game, the uh, Nintendo would randomly generate a throwing error after a certain amount of time, I guess uh. for for realism. So he knew that if he just got in between my two guys and then he just kept going back and forth, I would eventually the computer would cause my guy to throw the ball away. I and then love he would that. just he would just do this and score. He basically found like a you know, a glitch in the game. He was laughing so hard and I got so mad that I threw the Nintendo controller at him and just snapped his front tooth in half. Oh damn. And then we had to we had to lie to his mom about how his tooth got injured because if she would have known that I broke his tooth, I would never be allowed to come over again. That is the wow. that is the that is like the the magic of uh, of kind of bullyish friends. You get like you <laughs> oh, take no. on some sort of like a a, a a physical a physical injury, but then you're then you're helping get that kid out of trouble and lying about it. I fell off my bike. Oh no! This sounds like this is ripped from the headlines of your childhood, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, well. 
<laughs> I mean, not anything specific, but it just does, it sounds like the type of thing. And it, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, no, I mean, we, we still want to hang out. We're still friends. We just got, we just roughhoused for a second. But then it is, you find yourself in this moment like, why am I lying? Let me just say this, though. <laughs> I was, um, my bullying. Uh, came in the in the in the person of a, a person who was five foot one and about mm, seventy five mm-hmm. pounds. I was such a shrimp. I don't think I could really. I mean, probably I was psychologically bullying everybody I could. But like, I mean, Peter could have easily laid me out. He was actually much more athletic than I was. But uh, just for, I just want to put everything in perspective. If I was bigger, I would have absolutely bullied people more. It was just an issue of <laughs> not having the goods to back it up. But I remember he was so mad because the story that we came up with was that we were playing basketball, which is something we also did constantly, and that the ball had hit him in the mouth and broken his tooth. And he hated that cover story because it made it sound like he was that uncoordinated. That's right. <laughs> so then, but that's and then how his, much he loved you. His mom was like uh, – his mom, who I both loved and was terrified by – uh, Diane, she w- was like, um, you know, like a, in, it totally makes sense now that I'm an adult, but it's like she was watching the bottom line of the family and she was like, where's the uh, where's the rest of the tooth? And he was like, I must have swallowed it, which I think was actually true. Yeah. And so his thought was like, well, I'll just have to get me a new tooth. And the new tooth was going to be a lot of money. So she was like, I will dig through shit to find that other half oh, of your tooth. God. And that became like a thing we would always say to each other as a joke. Like, I will dig through shit to find the rest of your tooth. Oh, God. <laughs> well, that doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really work that way anyway. You can't just glue the other tooth back on, can they you? They did. And it's really what? great. We called it Old Baleen Tooth. Was it a real shit tooth? Did it come out of his poop? I think it might have come out of his poop. No. Uh, was, are you kidding me? How but that wasn't why it was gray. It was gray because it didn't have proper like blood flow. Or something. <laughs> One thousand four hundred ninety-three episodes, and now I find out that you were friends with a kid who you knocked out his tooth. He shit out the other half of it. They pulled it out of his poop and then glued it back into his mouth. Now I find out. And also, it wasn't the whole tooth. It was it was exactly half of the tooth. Oh, the tooth God. snapped exactly in half, and. For many years, we got to get this guy on the show. Yes. He's the subject of so many childhood stories. For many years after, he would always like, went, like, kind of jokingly, but probably not jokingly, he would just like when he was mad at me, he would just like point to his half gray tooth. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> this guy, by the way, concert level cellist who plays, who knows uh, our friend Dave Beckphillis very well, and uh, plays cello in many august uh, musical uh, symphonies and chamber orchestras in the Seattle area. Wow. So um, there you go. If you see a guy walking around who's amazing at cello and has half a gray tooth, <laughs> that's my friend Peter. <laughs> Call him poop tooth. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> and don't tell Diane. Do not oh. tell Diane that that's what happened with that tooth. I'll never be allowed back over to their house. There are very few things I will dig through shit for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Peter Williams' mom <laughs> is all. Yeah, that that that's one you just. I think you just got to call it a loss mm-hmm. at that point. I know it's obviously dentistry is very very expensive, but there's just uh, that's just not a thing. <laughs> that is just not a thing that I would do. Oh God! Uh, so we ran that clip a little bit long just to get to the end, just so that Andrew can say, "Call it a poop tooth." Which might be my one-liner of the week. 
Well, I. Every once in a while, Walshki will get a good yeah. one off, and that is definitely one I of them. I don't know why we've had 2,000 episodes and never had Peter Williams on. I know. <laughs> He's in. Um, has he been a has he been a presence on the show before? Yeah, from there's tons Luke's of stories. It's the very beginning, yeah, he's in <laughs> okay. so many. Uh, so a couple of years ago, they did a TBTL tour day terrible for the for the top level donors to the TBTLathon. Christy, were you on the tour? Mm-hmm. Of course, I was. Of course, you were. Of course. Uh, so Christy knows better than me because I couldn't go. I wanted to. I, I didn't have the money or the time, but um. They hit a lot of the landmarks that Lucas talked about. And I've always thought there were only a couple of things missing from the Tour de Terrible. One is Peter Williams. Mm-hmm. And two, you guys should have just buzzed <laughs> past that plumbing shop he worked at. Yes. He did show, we did walk past the place where they were on the boat and the plumbing, the owner of the plumbing thing was ca- talking racist. Do you remember when they sat in a little <laughs> boat? Yes. <laughs> And he just, oh, he was also talking about terrible things that the kids, I mean, because there were kids when this was happening, like 16-year-old kids, of what they should do to ladies that weekend. So we did (laughs) go by that. (laughs) Oh, God. Peter Williams has come up in so many stories. And you would think Luke, Mm -hmm. a man with about 10 stories, how he's never told this one before. (laughs) (laughs) Luke, if you're listening... This would make an excellent live wire monologue. Yes. <laughs> Don't be afraid to repurpose this story because it's really, <laughs> it'll get you through another week. Uh, also on this episode, before we even get into the archive, Luke is explaining how he uses this uh, powder called Topic to fill in his balding spot. <laughs> I... I never knew that Luke was. I honestly didn't know Luke was balding. So I it's had working. no clue. Yeah, I mean, I've met. Yeah, I've met him in person once, and you know, I've seen enough pictures of him. And like, sometimes his hair will look weird in like a live setting, just because he's been sweating or something. Because you know, you know, Klieg lights will do that to you. But um, yeah, I I didn't know. I had no idea he was balding until this episode where he's talking about he was his bald I spot. I don't so. think he actually is. What I think it is is the same as his I weight, don't where he calls himself obese and he's. 187 pounds. <clears throat> yeah. He's, it's just a self-esteem it's thing. I don't really five, think it, he doesn't appear to be going bald. To me, so, yeah. So I think uh, Luke, if you're listening, you have, I think you have a nice head of hair and you are a good person. Most of the <laughs> most time. Of the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only reason, and this actually is, uh, uh, continue. I got <laughs> the only reason I would think done. that Luke is balding is because he's been talking about it for years. Um, <laughs> I wrote down <laughs> Tiny Wig 5000. I can't remember if there was a callback to it in the intro or in the archive episode or if I just immediately thought about the Tiny Wig 5000. No, not, that's when he had right. alopecia, yes. right? Right. Okay. Now, yeah, he talked the last uh, the episode I co-hosted with him. He talked about his little tiny pretend wig mm-hmm. that he got the little hair from the uh, the sample thing in <laughs> right. the, like, the target aisle <laughs> yes. for him coloring, which is hilarious. That is a great <laughs> story. Such a great story. Uh, but what? Um, oh, uh, Christy. The, oh, yeah, I was, the other uh, part of that oh, is that he blamed the person that cut his hair that she had taken a chunk out of his hair, but it really was alopecia. Yes, that is that's okay. how I remember the story as well. <laughs> now, my question for you guys is: Who the fuck is Sean Detour? <laughs> I don't know. 
I've seen him mentioned on your uh, the uh, what is it the 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 stems mm-hmm. page. Yeah, I've yep. seen him mentioned there, and I heard him like in an archival clip talking about um Duran Duran mm-hmm. or something yep. like that. Yeah. So I'm just curious what who who or what is a Sean Detour, and do I need to worry about Saturday show? You know that Sean went to the opera with Luke and Jen. Um, well, Christy, I I know who Sean is, but you you've met him. I've never met him. Oh, he so he's the he was the engineer, a uh, board op for Cairo. He's still there. So he did whatever the time slot was where L- Jen went out and found Luke and they made a show together. Sean just lucked into the show because he worked from three to 10 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, he's an interesting little fellow. Um, <laughs> don't really know. Oh, he's like a hobbit. He's, I think I'm as tall as him, and I'm five four. Um, oh, he's okay. very interesting. He's, he's yeah, wiry. Very... He's wiry. Okay, I get that. Um, he's he's really into music. He has his own music podcast. Um, he is That's... very interesting, though. In I I would suggest look, listening back to, and I can get you the number of the time when he talks about all of the medical exp- experiments he put himself through um, during college for extra money. Oh, and that pretty much got just it, got it. encompasses what Sean DeTore is. Yeah. Uh, okay. Someday we'll Thank have you. you on the show and we'll do a flashback to one of the uh, award-winning Cooking with Sean DeTore uh, segments oh, yeah. from the old radio days. So uh, as I'm sure you can imagine, when Luke and Jen were on the air, they were always looking for ways to fill time without doing any of the things a conventional talk radio show does. And one of the ways they would do that is actually to have Sean come around from behind the board and prepare different dishes, like a cooking segment. In only the studio. On, mm-hmm. In the studio, on the radio, with nobody <laughs> being able to watch. And Sean's not a good cook at all. Like, he has no pre-qualifying... Uh, you know, uh, parts about him that make it sound like a good idea for him to have a cooking segment. Um, so Sean brought us such greats as pizza in a jar. Um, uh, dog food. Dog food. <laughs> oh um, macaroni and cheese. I tried that. He, for one of the live shows, he did macaroni and cheese, but he just bought um, craft and then put different <laughs> seasonings in it. Such as right. Chinese five spice. Uh, and uh, oh my God. a recipe found online called tons of effing risotto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is that the one that called for Chevra? No, that no. The Chevra was he was supposed to make a Snickers pie oh, right. with mascarpone. And he got to the store and they didn't have mascarpone. So instead of doing cream cheese, which would have been a good alternative, he bought chevre cheese. So goat cheese oh my in a oh no. Snickers no, no, pie. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's like the episode of Friends where Rachel made the trifle with all the, with all the, the, uh, the sweet ingredients and then, threw, and then threw in meat and peas. Because the pages got stuck together. And Joey together. just kept eating it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's Sean. It's amazing that everyone has lived through those segments. Yeah. And uh, his podcast wow. is called The Mixtape. And uh, if mm-hmm. you like music, oh okay, and it's a and it's a Cairo radio uh, production, yes. loose, loosely affiliated. Yeah, 
yeah. loosely affiliated, much like TV right. kills. Yes. <laughs> okay, and I, if I can sharpshoot, I can, if I can quickly sharpshoot something from that episode. Um, they were talking about Pearl Jam, which I think is a band from Seattle. Is it? <laughs> something like Maybe? that. I, I don't know. It's, it's the 90s. No one remembers <laughs> that shit. Um, they were talking about the guy with the dumb jester hats, and they said it was Stone Gossard. And I, I looked this up. It was actually Jeff Ament, the bass player, not Stone of Gossard. Of course, the bass player has so, a dumb hat. Of course he does. But I, I've, I've seen him without his hat before. He's Usually the guys with the dumb hats are like you know totally mm-hmm. bald and trying to hide it. He's got a full head of hair, a luxurious um, hair. I mean, so I, I don't know. It was, it again, was the, it 90s. Was the 90s. People Everyone didn't Everyone wore a stu- stupid hat. Yeah. <laughs> stupid hats, stupid mm-hmm. shorts, Oh, I've got a fedora shorts. in the closet. The, the, only, the only good thing was flannel. Flannel was the only good thing to come out of that um, fashion period. Because flannel is awesome. I, I live in rural Minnesota, so flannel is right. always You were in style. Awesome. Every, what, 30 yes. years you're going to be in style. <laughs> Exactly. Grunge pretty much co-opted the Minnesota fashion sense, and um, that was a thing. So, anyway, that, that, that that's my take from the Tuesday episode. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> we haven't even gotten into the archive episode, <laughs> so I think most of the most of the gems from Tuesday actually came from the intro. Tuesday was a great episode. Okay. It opens with yeah. Luke hungover because it's the day after he went out to the Mandarin Gate with uh, Firebird Brent, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What inspired all of this balding talk is an extensive conversation about balding in this episode that we recapped already, more or less. Uh, There's also a mention from listener Meredith, who is a friend of the show uh, here at LRB, talking about how... Hey, Meredith. That is how you talk to a friend, isn't it? I like it. Um, Mentioning that they shouldn't fight the baldness because she likes the bald guys. And uh, Mike, though not here this week... Uh, did mention that uh, he and Emily had, uh, I think, dinner with Meredith on Wednesday in Dallas uh, with her and her bald husband. So she's true to her word. There you go. Nice. It's always nice when people follow through. Uh, it really is. They get into an extensive conversation about sort of family histories. And Luke does something he doesn't do very often, which is talk about his uh, biological father, um, which is thoroughly thoughtful. And as someone, I actually don't know my biological father. And so I resonate with Luke a little bit on those things. Um, I don't think we need to dive into the, the details of that story, but it's a fascinating family history um, that, mm-hmm. that Luke has had. Mm-hmm. And um, it's one of those endearing factors of the show. Like I spent so much time talking about the one liners and um, the funny stuff and when they fuck up and how great that is and how these are just like, you know, friends I have that I talk to every day. But once in a while, we get into these deep conversations where I just assume everybody's high and it's really nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Andrew, for his part, brings brings his emotions to the table by saying he called someone heavy once, not meant as an insult, but just just as an accurate description. And he didn't really understand at the time why. That was upsetting to other people. Well, I mean, heavy, it, he could just mean he has really, um, you know, deep thoughts about right. things. I think that's what he meant. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's probably yeah. not what he meant. He probably just meant he, he was carrying a lot of weight on his frame. And then, yeah, yeah, I could see where, you know, it, it'd be an Andrew. I'm sure he beat himself up about it for a week and a half afterwards. No, no, pardon me, a year right. and a half afterwards. No, he's still carrying that one around. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, We'll go to Wednesday, 1944. Uh, less shame. Uh, we're storming the Normandy Beach of podcasting. 
Luke and Andrew are talking about their legacy with Phyllis. Um, and it's at Wednesday where they realize that Phyllis continues to pick episodes um, that Luke and Andrew will probably hate. Um, Andrew just mentions that he knew the episode with Luke and Carrie moving into their new house would be a rump shaker. <laughs> and I think this actually warrants some of our attention for a minute. The minute I heard that episode from last week, and I think we talked about this a little bit, I think we were all mutually mortified uh, on Carrie's behalf for Carrie's role in that story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We can get 100% on that. I felt terrible. I felt, yeah, my, my wife and I listened to that, and my wife was just so... My wife wanted to go out to um, Bellingham and help. <laughs> and that's how, that's how bad she felt about between the, between the bathroom story and just... You know the money, the money pit aspects of the house. My wife just felt so bad for Carrie mm-hmm. that she would basically, if she, if she had been the one who was unemployed instead of carrying our fucking family right now, she would have driven out there <laughs> to, to help out with them, just because she she just felt so bad now, about the when whole Carrie thing. agreed to let Luke tell that story. What do you think that she meant? Just the Marauders part, and not the bathroom emergency part. I assume that's what she meant, but I mean, I'm having, I haven't, um, um, you know, been married to Luke for a while now. You would think, I, th- I think she knows that Luke's just going to tell the poop story. <laughs> There's just no way she's, he's not going to tell. When, when in doubt, he right. tells the poop story. Right. That's just, that's just a, that is that is that is the Burbank way, and that's what's going to happen. And I think she just, you know, I, rolled with it. She was, I mean, she's obviously clearly traumatized by this move-in, so she maybe not was not in her right mind when acquiescing to the right. story. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, uh, uh I just feel so bad because that's going to go down as one of the greatest episodes of the season. I think, you know, that's going to be one that gets mm-hmm. replayed a lot. There's just so mm-hmm. much action going on there. Mm-hmm. It's a big turning point for Luke and Carrie. And so we're going to relive that, that story like twice a year until the end of time. Mm-hmm. You almost right. Have to, yeah. <laughs> uh, we can break down the episode they picked. Uh, but before we do, I just want thoughts from a Seattle Seahawks fan on Luke's interaction with Howard Schultz. So, you mean Sonics? Right. Sorry. You said Seahawks. I went with okay. the team you still have instead of the team you don't have anymore. I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah. Paul Paul Allen hosts, owns the yes, Seahawks, yes. correct? The yeah, Microsoft yes. dude? <laughs> right. Okay. The okay. Supersonics. Um, so, first of all, um, just a little bit about that Madison Park. Howard goes there. He often goes to that that Starbucks. They know that he's going to be there. Um, it's not the flagship store, but it might as well be. And this neighborhood is the richest neighborhood in all of Seattle. It's kind of old money because it's right on the lake. Um, you have I've I um, lived at my boss's house for almost a year, house sitting um, during his last year of life, and. We, w- I would go to that Starbucks every morning and Tom Skerritt would be hanging out there. So that there's a lot of Seattle, um, celebrities that would go to this store. Um, so the Tom Skerritt's a Seattle yeah. celebrity. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. He was in yep. Top Gun and the, the third Poltergeist <laughs> yeah. movie and also Steel Magnolias. <laughs> but, um, and also, yeah. really? So, Son of the Beast in so he, um, yeah, he, they hang out there. That Starbucks is just always on point. Like if you want to go to the best Starbucks and and get the coffee, how it's supposed to be made, that would be the place to go. Um, 
My Howard story is I applied when I was looking for jobs. I interviewed for his family foundation and it was run out of the Starbucks headquarters. And I went into his special boardroom and I didn't meet with him. I met with the executive director of the foundation and in the room was a Sonics signed basketball from the year he stole them away. And I was so upset. And <laughs> I've told Mike before, I wanted to grab that ball and just run out of the room screaming, this is for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> I think Luke um, definitely was starstruck and wanted to be cool and down and is all talking how he actually wanted to speak to him. Right. Well, he was passing for rich in his mind. Exactly. Right. Right. Uh And he wasn't going to interrupt that. Uh, To the clip, uh, we start with Andrew nearly blind because he's been dilated by his ophthalmologist. (laughs) And yet drove home, apparently. (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, And I love that Luke's reaction to this is to play the song In Your Eyes in the background for the next four minutes. Of course. Luke tells us that he, uh, as a kid, liked girls with glasses and headgear, including but not limited to his cousin, which led him to tell a lie as a child about attending a Wham! concert. Uh, Stu, this is a story that we've heard before. I have to think a few times, actually. (laughs) Yeah. And there's just something so sad about a child puking up hot dogs and just getting demoted to lesser and lesser bedding. I think what's really sad about this is that he, in his um, upbringing, he believed that Jesus was punishing him for his lies. <laughs> about right. Wham. Right. I mean. The most innocuous band. I agree. You don't lie about but... Wham or George Michael. You just don't. Right. No. That's a family rule around here. But. <laughs> uh, we got to. I just, I, I, I just can't. Uh, boy, I mean, I, I grew up Catholic, and there were obviously rules and restrictions in that. But to be in such a, a strictly religious upbringing, that wham is the devil's mm-hmm. tool. <laughs> it's just, it's wham. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless jitterbug has a double meaning, of which I'm completely unaware, <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll defer to Susie Burbank on that. But man, that's just. I just, I just felt that story just made my skin crawl because I, I, I just, man, I just can't even imagine. Is this the episode where Susie talks about her or where Luke recounts Susie talking about her coming to God by flushing an eighth down the toilet? I know that happened at yes. some point this week. and I just can't remember because there's a couple of days of family talk. Yeah, I cannot um, recall. I believe I just, so. It's just one of those Susie Burbank moments that I always love to hear. And she knew it was serious because it was good shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, we also got a, a good old-fashioned Andrew Catroll in this episode. Yes. Which have gone by the wayside lately, but it's always nice to catch one in reruns. Uh, Stu, I don't know if you – the Catroll started before you came in. Yes. Um, but I've 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 figured out that it's a thing, and it's the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. theme, meowed by cats, just to <laughs> right. troll Andrew. That is basically yeah, it, right? And it was started. Now, who started doing it? Was Luke well, 
the uh, originator was the fans of the show. Luke played it. Luke just did it and said, look what I found on the internet. And then Andrew was like, that's terrible. I, I don't. And he showed his disdain for it early and often. So then Luke said, he hates it. I'm doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Luke so basically, you never tell Luke you hate something. Right. Luke embraced it and for months just rubbed it in. And then, of course, the listeners got in with their part of it. And we don't need to go down that because we've talked about no. it. In fact, <clears throat> you can go way back into the LRB archives into the episode where I was a guest. And we talk about this extensively. So um, it was just nice to hear one in the clear because it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, and going from tape Andrew hates to tape everybody loves. I love that Luke quotes in the words of George Brett, I'm fucked. I can't move. <laughs> <laughs> I love every time the George Brett tape comes um, up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if we could so ever good. find, if it's we could so just roll all 10 minutes of it or whatever sometime on this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's the pitchers in this game? That's all I got to ask. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, send us a message or put it on the, put it on the page so that I have an excuse to post it to the little red bandwagon page. Yes. Um, <laughs> in this episode, Andrew just got back from Cleveland and is shy talking about his family Luke mentions that uh, for the longest time, he always thought that when he died, he wanted to be buried with Van and Addie, alive or not, whatever. Uh, and then we get into the story about the Browns fan who peed on Art Modell's grave. Yeah. <laughs> Which I loved. You love um, that the story or that it happened? Both. <laughs> um, both. Okay. Both. Just that, that, that much <laughs> anger about um, the guy stealing your football team that you go to his final resting place, unzip and just whiz all over his 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 head. That will definitely happen. That's just Howard I think that just, it, it, it's a it, it's a very very wonderful thing. Uh, as a Bills that fan, will happen to Howard Schultz in the future. Just yep. so you know, oh, I was sure. just thinking about how close it'll happen, and it'll be it won't be and it'll be people you've heard <laughs> of, people who are you know. I, Tom Skerritt. I don't think I'm giving too much away. My former coworker, my former coworker John Moe, Seattle native, hates yep. Howard Schultz so much. It's, <laughs> he, he, one of the nicest guys, but he will he he will be in line for, for the Howard Schultz mm -hmm. grave pissing. I can guarantee that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just as a Bills fan, I have to plan thinking that I may have had to have done that to Bon Jovi's grave, but thankfully that didn't work out. <laughs> oh, Joby. Um, I like that the Browns fan, uh, well, he was wearing a Ravens jersey, and that was his way to go undercover. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had to buy a Ravens jersey, so he swallowed his pride to do that. And with that, we'll go to Thursday, 1945, a GeoCities page and a dream. At this point, the crew is getting pretty punchy, recording all these spots back to back. Uh, Luke tells his story of giving up acting after reading the call sheet for the money stream caterpillar. Money tree. Is that was yeah. that the right? Was that how it's supposed yeah. to be? Yeah, I'm completely unfamiliar with money tree, so that's uh, that's also a Pacific Northwest oh, phenomenon. Okay, you just earned yourself a callback, yes. though. Exactly. Money tree. That's. <laughs> That's that's how I do it. So I hope I hope You're, I'm doing that just, justice. Well, they might have an opening. 
I think you right? thought sure. <laughs> oh, that's true. Do you fit in the suit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. The filthy, gross, old old milk smelling <laughs> suit. Oh, I, I like that you added the old milk. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, do these commercials come out a lot in the Pacific Northwest, Christy? Local, you know, just how local local spots happen. Yeah. Is it just as much as the Vern Fonk ones. Right. Okay, Vern Fonk I'm familiar with. That's that that was it like a YouTube, you know, mm-hmm. viral thing. Yeah. It never aired obviously on TV in Minnesota, but I, I we got the YouTube clips. So if you awesome. go to like a Mariners game on mascot day, will you see the money tree caterpillar racing running the bases no. with <laughs> No. Really? I don't think Okay, you guys need to look up this mascot. There's no way this mascot could run anywhere. It it's a caterpillar. Well, they can cut leg holes into the caterpillar yeah. or whatever. <laughs> the caterpillar sort of looks like the one on Alice in Wonderland. If you can imagine that. Yeah, I think they actually used a picture of it as the show picture for that day. Okay. I'm just picturing Luke in a the suit waddling around Safeco. That's all. Yes. Because that's, that's the bottom line for me that with all mascots, great. whether or not they could complete a run around the bases. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm getting away from some important elements of this episode. We need to keep moving here. First, I love Phyllis Fletcher. Her true journalist comes out and a bit of a stalker looking up who has unclaimed money in the state of Washington. <laughs> and sure enough, Genevieve. <laughs> has like four different right. checks or something like that, right? Yes. Which is nice. Um, I went, I, nobody owes me money. I looked, I hoped, nothing. Um, oh, man, yeah, I should look. Unclaimed.org will take you to your state's website. So that's that's Phyllis's okay. tip of the week. Uh, with that, we go into the rerun episode. And it's a Thanksgiving Eve episode from 2014. But more importantly, it's Sex Day Eve. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be high on the list of things Andrew regrets ever saying on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the minute he said, I mean, Luke, Luke was just, you could just, you could actually hear his eyes light up <laughs> when he heard that. Uh, my question is this, that episode was from Wednesday, November 26, 2014. Does sex day is sex day, November 27th. Or is sex day the fourth Thursday in November? Does it move with Thanksgiving? <laughs> it's, it, it, it moves because with Thanksgiving. Because Thanksgiving to me sounds oh, like the worst think. possible day for sex day. I'm full of... T- yeah, you're just bloated and heavy and tired and probably kind of gassy. It's just, <laughs> there's just, it's just, it's just not going to be a good experience for anybody right, involved. You just don't want to be I've around I've been forced anybody. to watch a Lions game. Oof. Yeah, yeah, every every Thursday at ele- every Thanksgiving at eleven thirty five Central Time, the lions come on and there shit are really, the bed. Yeah, so the bed's messy. I'm bloated. There's there's really few yeah, worse days gross. for sex than Thanksgiving. It really, you're not giving thanks right. for that particular thing. Yeah, it's it's just bad. Uh, everybody's slappy on this episode as well. Uh, we're in the throes yes. of Andrew's gobble drop. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one, that one, that was that was almost as good as Money Tree to me. Just the the constant <laughs> presence of the uh, the turkey gobble, <laughs> just by the fact that they kept they kept they kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. It was funny, and then it wasn't funny anymore. And then they kept doing and it, then it, it, and it got really really funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love that. 
Uh, Luke ruminates a bit about his Thanksgiving rituals, pajamas, Macy's Day Parade, all that bullshit. Um, Mm -hmm. But it does remind us that he has an upcoming fantasy football commentary for CBS Sunday Morning, completing the suite of him becoming the next Andy Rooney. (laughs) (laughs) You ever wonder why people talk about their fantasy football draft on Twitter? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if Andy Rooney knew how to use a cell phone, that would be it. Mm-hmm. Or well, wasn't dead. Honestly, those sets were timeless. They could re-air those old commentaries. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and just have Luke do it, a younger face. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top story from this episode is that Scott Stapp is broke and living in a Holiday Inn. My question, how do you live in a Holiday Inn if you're broke? Would it be cheaper to get an apartment? Yeah, that's... My guess is he maybe knows the manager might or be a fan. buddy of his. And he's like still like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, oh man, Scott Stapp's awesome. He sang that terrible music that I loved back in the nineties. <laughs> or it's I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna let him stay in this one bedroom. <laughs> uh, or it's one of those places that just Holiday Inn bought it, but no one from corporate actually went out and looked at the place, and it's um, rented by the month. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, one of those. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's possible. I stayed Lessons in one I've of learned. those in Louisiana. Oof. <laughs> We're a fan Ooh. of the yeah. Holiday Inn Express brand. Uh, as a family, we oh, rack up points breakfast. pretty quickly. The free breakfast. Oh, great um, breakfast yeah. there. Yeah, <clears> worth noting, fantastic. it's yeah. free at an Express, but not at a Holiday Inn traditional. So you've got to know the difference. Holiday Inn Express has yes. the pancake mm-hmm. machine. Holiday Inn is mm-hmm. going to charge you $15 for a buffet of, of carton, scrambled eggs, and old potatoes. Mm-hmm. So you want the Express. Uh, right. Correct. <laughs> oh, God. Holiday Inn living. Sounds fun for about a week. Mm-hmm. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Uh, well, okay, I would wish that. And I, I mentioned this on the uh, the call sheet that basically um, Creed sucks. And it, Creed sucks. Yes, yeah. all. And I know that a uh, an a tenant of TBTL is you like what you like, and that's okay. We don't judge. Mm-hmm. I will judge you for liking Creed. <laughs> you are wrong. Yeah, fuck you. Agree. It is fucking fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. It's like hangnails or NASCAR. Just it's the worst. <laughs> So anyway, I, don't like Creed. You're a bad person. For I love that you just there. called it. I, I don't mean to call it up and thunder on your beliefs, but that's wrong. You're wrong for liking Creed. There, I'm done. I'm done ranting about that. I know. For, I think that this is where I stood in well for uh, for uh, Mike Frizzell was just being that mean <laughs> and angry about that. Anyway, carry on. I'm, I apologize. No, for I like it. I think we need to this. call the show Hangnails and NASCAR. <laughs> I'm fine with that. That works for me entirely. Because I agree with it. Play, it plays into my, my, my narcissism that you're using one of my polls books. So that's, that's great. Um, and you can, I'll endorse you on LinkedIn if you um, put something about funny oh funny comments or that's, something. Uh, I, still, I still haven't, I've, I mean, I, I have a LinkedIn account, but I still haven't updated oh, it. Oh, you have so to do I, that. I haven't, I've accepted, I know, but I just... It's like I I probably should lock my Twitter account just because potential yep. employers you gotta might lock read the it. Twitter, but I just and and update. But the I LinkedIn. just no. I, but I hate both <laughs> both of those things. I hate LinkedIn and I hate locking mm-hmm. my Twitter account. So I'm just gonna unless you'll know I'm in full desperation mode if you see me active on LinkedIn okay. or if you see a little you know padlock on my Twitter or if we see you twirling a sign in the money tree caterpillar suit Mm -hmm. money tree (laughs) that That was was good good, right that was awesome (laughs) (sighs) 
Um, oh, a little a little sharp shot on the uh, old episode from Thursday. Um, they were talking about the of Montreal song that they that the band redid for Outback Steakhouse. It's called Wraith Pinned to the Mist. Uh, pardon me, Wraith Pinned to the Mist. Parentheses and other games. Parentheses, not other things. Andrew, <sighs> so he's terrible. <laughs> other. I mean, How does he still have a job? He, to think that he used to be a producer on a actual radio show. <laughs> I know that's insane. So yeah, he he messed up a really ornate and dumb song title <laughs> yeah. from of Montreal. So. You know, Luke shits all over Outback Steakhouse, and this is a running theme. He's shit all over pretty much every chain restaurant with stuff on the walls through the course of the show. Uh, yes. I yes. agree, for the most part. Outback Steakhouse is not where you want to go for a nice steak dinner. But if you want um, a, a Bloomin' Onion and and you want mm -hmm. uh, some delicious brown bread with, with more butter than bread, because they understand the ratio that that should be brought to the table with, um, <laughs> Outback Steakhouse serves a purpose and a time and a place. If you're in a hotel room outside of mm -hmm. uh, Danbury, Connecticut, and there's... An Outback Steakhouse attached to your La Quinta Inn, and you're sitting at the bar mm -hmm. getting drunk and uh, eating your your buttery, pan-fried, not even remotely Australian steak. Uh, it's doing its job. <laughs> not to say I haven't been there, but I've been there. It's yeah, chain chain restaurants serve a function. People, I think, need to understand that if you're if you're not living like right in a downtown location. If you're in a Kirkland, mm -hmm. if you're in an Eden Prairie, I mean, which is a Minnesota suburb that is very similar to Kirkland, um, those are the options. You don't get the cool, funky little bistro with like, you know, artisanal everything and like, you know, good beer and wine list you've got. Instead, you've got your, you know, whatever of five different chain restaurants to choose from. And that's where you're going. And you got to make the best of it. And sometimes you get a good meal there. Not always. Sometimes they will be chain restaurant, you know, crap, but, you know, they'll give you your basket of bread. They'll give you your, you know, 10 ounce, you know, porterhouse and you go from yep. there. Sometimes you just need that, that Jimmy Buffett cheeseburger in paradise. Just as you really do. <laughs> with the bottomless yep. fries from Red Robin. Yep. Uh, the episode ends with Luke making a really awkward window peeping joke on Andrew and Veeves for sex day. <laughs> just a nice reminder that he makes those jokes sometimes yep, yeah. still yep still still trying no he knows he shouldn't he's still doing it oh and a one-liner um seeing if if the ad rep that luke talks about can talk wilco into rewriting their song to she's a dunkin donut resonated <laughs> with me as a new englander yes <laughs> To Friday, 1946, Brains on Break. I guess they just gave up on naming episodes at this point. Um, Luke mentions that in real time, he's en route to Bentonville for the squirrel cook-off. If uh, you haven't taken a look at Luke's Twitter feed the last couple of days, he did post several pictures of prepared squirrel that he apparently had to eat. And he notes that with the end of this marathon recording session, they're cramming four hours of crap into a 20-minute crap bag. <laughs> crap bags not something i thought would have been measured in units of time and, and yet, yet uh phyllis suggests that tbtl gets a mind map note taker christy you've worked in the corporate world long enough is this the kind of bullshit that goes on in meetings no but i want it i want someone to do one of our episodes oh god 
I've never, I looked up, looked it up and it seems like the, you know how Facebook at the end of the year will do one of those things. Um, they'll take all of your posts and put the words that you've said a lot really big and the ones you say really small that I think that's what she's talking about. Yes. Yeah, you know, you know well, no, she said it, okay. it wasn't like that. It was more complicated. It's just oh. a sort of weird method for interconnecting. I don't know. She lost me at synergy. Oh. Basically. I, I, I would, I but <laughs> I, I think, would like to hear, I would like to see one. Right. Phyllis, I know you're listening. Tell us more about these note taking mind map thingies, please. Um, Speaking of fellas, she notes that it's her 10-year anniversary, and she's spending it with hours on the phone with these idiots. <laughs> oh, good Lord. That's a loving husband right there. Yes. He clearly is. He's he's all in on the relationship, yeah. I feel. That's the 10-year right. anniversary day. That's, yeah. If, yeah. I, if, I were, if I were to propose that to my, my lovely wife, Mandy, I would actually be living with, with um, whoever the guy was I made up for the uh, Glenn. I would actually be living with Glenn in the room with the Murphy bed. That would, that would actually be happening if I proposed this. Uh, we have a conversation about furries versus plushies. That's thoroughly awkward and wonderful. Then we dive into the mm-hmm. <clears throat> talk of the 24-hour podcast marathon. This has come up before. Uh, and they, they started diving into logistics like they never have before. Will there be a bathroom? Will they be allowed to use it? Will there be a treadmill? Um. The word fart locker. Mm-hmm. Words right. fart locker are used. Not the first time, won't be the last. No, uh, are not. you familiar with the chamber? I am not okay, familiar with so the chamber. So one of the studio iterations of TBTL post-radio, Luke had the TBTL set up in the basement of his house. And uh, it's the <laughs> Burbank Studios de Bajo. And uh, off of that room... There was a little bathroom. I've never been to that house. Christy, have you seen the chamber? Yes. Is it as... It's a tiny, tiny bathroom with just a sink and a toilet with no windows. Hidden so in jail. The... It's jail. <laughs> yeah, but hidden in the back of the house. <laughs> it's, 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 it's an actual jail. jail. Yeah. Why is Mike jail not on this episode? had bags right. of Wendy's half-eaten hiding behind it. Yes. <laughs> so he would drunkenly or not drunkenly, just regular, um, go and buy fast food and eat it in this bathroom because it was, they, the house has three levels and it was on the second level and his, the bedroom suite was upstairs. So everyone lived upstairs and the downstairs, the middle floor has the chamber and he would shamefully eat all of the fast food and then get rid of the bag and then come out as if that didn't actually just happen. So he would say the chamber, not even God can see you. (laughs) My favorite part about the chamber has always been that it's not called the chamber for the obvious reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's for eating eating fast food, not the results of eating fast food. Uh, We get into the episode starting with the stupid computer voice saying, Andrew Walsh, a great place to Cuyahoga clam. (laughs) (laughs) Because we had gone on this run of this pronouncer. If you Google the pronunciation of a city name, it'll often come up on YouTube with this weird map and that creepy voice pronouncing the name of the city and then saying, it's a great place to visit. (laughs) And so there's a ton of them online. I just posted the link. Uh, to the Stens page, I think, of the um, 
Cuyahoga Falls, yes. Ohio one. <laughs> um, <laughs> this had clearly been taped shortly after a Browns loss. Not that that narrows it down much. No, it really mm-hmm. doesn't. That's at least 12 days a year. <laughs> but it gets into a conversation about how you shouldn't try to console a fan after a loss because they just don't want to hear it. And I've definitely been there. Yeah, that's the same here. Again, yeah, obviously, you're a Bills fan. I'm a Vikings fan. Right. We've, we've been there. We, we understand. We Christy, you're quiet over there on your high horse. Well, yeah. oh, <laughs> Don't bring up the last Super Bowl. <laughs> let's just say that the Seahawks have had tons of years of loss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Steve Largent <laughs> were very Except for Steve Largent were very bad. Yeah, and very sad. But my favorite part of the episode was when Andrew said, I didn't want anyone to be good at football that, that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, like, like an eight-year-old speaking, spe- speaking from which I'm sure he would agree with. Speaking of uh, in the terms of last year's Super Bowl, I it's worse than a blowout to be so excited and then lose in the last second. Oh, yeah. absolutely, it's oh, yeah. way the, worse. The, 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 it's a it's a nice, such a gut punch mm-hmm. slash knife twist, just yep. the reversal, yep. just the from so high to so low. It's just it's the worst. Yeah, uh, you hear me, Gary. <laughs> 1998 fantasy championship game. <laughs> uh, living in New England, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge Seahawks fan, but I'm certainly a, a Patriots hater. Um, yeah, and just Peters. yep, and just knowing the amount of indignant bullshit I was going to have to walk into the next day, <laughs> I, um, oh. I just put my head down and didn't want to go into Boston for work the next day. <laughs> yep, plow. Just yeah. plowed right through. There's nothing else you can do except take it, and it's just money tree. I, that, that was there was no context. I just wanted to say it again. Oh, uh, it's okay because I was already going to pull that quote too. So okay, okay, good. Uh, interesting talk about Dave Barry, quote unquote, humor books. Um, mm-hmm. Then Todd Barry, the comedian, but not that right, Todd a different Barry. Todd Barry. Twitter.com slash dt Barry at dt Barry on Twitter. If you want to go. Mm-hmm harass the person who was trolling Andrew. Um, I don't know if he's a 10 or not. I don't know if he listens to LRB or not, but don't fuck with Walsh. He's ours. Yeah. He's our, he's our boy. (laughs) Um, I do like that. That troll has Johnny F and football videos though. Cause it reminds me of an old video (laughs) of a, of a bills fan screaming, Dallas is going down Gary over and over again that I watch every football season. And it makes me laugh. So Sports, sports fans, sports, sport ball. sports ball, but their helmets are orange. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bean, uh, lump Hoke versus lump Hawk, North Carolina mm-hmm. versus Ohio. Luke drinks coffee at night, says he can, then it keeps him up making an ass of himself at a dinner party and in real mm-hmm. life. Top story, grumpy. <laughs> parking, right. parking everybody in, trapping them in the driveway. Yep. Uh, just sounds like a classic Luke story. Uh, the top really story, is. grumpy cat lady made a bunch of money. Not as much as they said, but a bunch. And a bunch of furries in Chicago got evacuated to a dog show. So, <laughs> um, I have a quick question here. He mentions that he knows Ruben Fleischer, the guy who directed Zombieland. Is he like a Seattle guy too? Or is it like somebody so. Luke met? I think from, he met in L.A. Work? He lived in LA. Oh, for a while. okay. There we go. That would make sense. That would make sense. There. That's all I had. I'm just curious how he knew. Because I, I like Zombieland. Mm-hmm. I so just good. love the um, 
spoiler okay here spoiler alert for a movie that's five years old bill murray shows up mm-hmm. and he's yeah. hilarious in it anyway um but yeah that was my that was my question for this episode so thank you for, for yeah helping with your that. music for your weekend go watch zombie land there was no music for your weekend yeah pretty much <laughs> Um, Friday. I think they forgot what day it was supposed to be by Wednesday. Right. Yeah, they were clear. They were. They were. Yeah, they were extremely punchy in the intro to this episode. They had obviously like, the, the four hours of crap and the twenty minute crap bag. Yeah, they were. They were. And this would that would have been um, September fourth, if I guess right. That was mm-hmm. the Friday before right. last they taped, Friday. They so, taped. Yeah, that's. They taped the whole episode, and then they taped intros <laughs> to five more episodes. Yeah, I guess that's all. That's a lot of mm-hmm. podcasting. And we've all, which actually makes me look forward to the twenty-four hour podcast because I think by like hour six or seven they'll just be basically shirtless and yelling at each <laughs> other, which I think will make for a compelling. Podcast. Oh, Stu! In the olden days, uh, they would put the live show on UStream, and before that, they would put it on Stickam, mm-hmm. which is where Sten comes from. The Stens comes from, yeah. And I didn't get to watch a lot because it was right in the middle of the workday for me usually, but um, it would be great—a live video stream of that twenty-four hours. Oh, oh God! Just perfect. I might be just, willing to pay oh, a premium, man. a TBTLathon premium, for access to that video channel. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's our week in review. That's our Phyllis Faves week. Um, my overall impressions of the week: uh, there are a couple of episodes where I wish they had just cut to the segment that Phyllis was talking about, because the rest of the episodes were kind of, you know, irrelevant. But it was nice radio. Um, and of course, if they had cut down to just that segment and then talked to the guys about them, it would remind me of another podcast that I know about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really, obviously, since I'm not a long time listener, I really enjoyed it just for like the uh, historical references to previous thing to TBTL, like, you know, lore that I was unfamiliar with. It filled in some gaps for me. So, I mean, I really, I I really did enjoy it. There was another podcast you could listen to. That would give that to you. <laughs> I know, but it's it's different coming from the the two uh, dorks oh, themselves yes, to see. just fill in the gaps. So, yeah, so yeah, I just I I enjoyed it in that regard. I just I I thought it was a solid for a week of episodes. That's reruns, right. basically. I really uh, enjoyed this is it. something they've done before, and I hope they do it again this Christmas because I'm betting that the week between Christmas and New Year's they won't want to tape. Um, was it last Christmas or the year before, Christy? When when uh, El Camino Matt came in and they did all the intros for like two weeks. <laughs> oh, I think Grand that Am was Dave. last Christmas. Those are great. <laughs> you bastard. I had Trans Am Chuck written next on my list. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So I really hope they do it again uh, so that Mercury Sable Chuck can come back in. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And we can do more of these because it is nice insight. And and yes. it, it's interesting that she picked all Andrew episodes. I mean, I know it's just based on how far back she's gone, uh, but maybe LRB can keep carrying the torch for more of the gen segments and uh, that'll be okay. Uh, with that, I think we'll move on to some housekeeping. Christy, where are we with our archive project? Um, it's going steady and I have the gold star of the day. The gold star archivist is... Bettina Mackey. She's on her third week. So um, congratulations to you for winning a prize that doesn't even matter. And the shame of the week, I'm giving it to us, the LRB staff, because 
we should have been archiving these episodes as we because we listen to them and take notes anyways. We should have been doing it, right? You're putting us on blast, us. <laughs> yes. Well, I tell you what, Christy, I have all of my notes from I don't know months now, so I will, I will see what I can do about that. But thank you okay. for putting me on the shit list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then just a, another plug for the Chicago meetup, which will be uh, next Saturday, the nineteenth, or I guess this Saturday as the show comes out, the 19th at 8 p.m., the Holiday Club in Chicago, with rumors that Serengeti will be making an appearance. <laughs> I'm so sad I can't be there. If I didn't have work stuff going on right in the middle of that weekend, I would I would fly or drive or some way get to Chicago for you. But uh, you'll have to mm -hmm. do a shot of Malort for me since I didn't do one analysis when oh. I was there. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. It'll happen. No, oh, um, you're getting the drunk dials this time. Absolutely, please. <laughs> uh, I will take the the get involved block since I wrote who wants it and nobody okay. answered. Uh, all right, okay. folks, you can find us online at littleredbandwagon.com on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon. We also make occasional appearances in the Stens page, of course. Uh, our Twitter accounts, I'm at RLPape. And as I said on Saturday, thank you again for the love, everyone. I've picked up a few more followers, and I have been trying to do my part to keep tweeting the dumbass things that make me laugh all day. Christy, you're at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. -S -E -E of course, Mike, off this week, but you should still love him at Drew McFrizz. Jeremy, our producer. And the love of Christy's life at Dadstronaut. <laughs> and uh, Stu, where do we find you? Uh, you can find me at Randball Stew on Twitter. Not locked yet. Get him on um, Listen to me on the the sportive the sportive podcast on um, your local podcatcher. It's mostly Minnesota sports, but there's also some yelling about <laughs> other things. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're a sports ball guy, that's the one to go with. Um, I write about the Minnesota Twins for Twinkie Town, which is the SB Nation Minnesota Twins site. That's on Friday mornings, and I think that's all I have to promote right now. And I, I occasionally uh, co-host on TBTL, which is a show you might be familiar uh, with. I've never heard of it. Never heard of it. Not familiar. Yeah, neither have I. I'm sending... I'm, I'm, are you RL Pape on Twitter? I am RL Pape on Twitter because of a... I am sending you... Um, I was just... While you were doing that uh, rundown after we quit talking about the shows, Deadspin has a picture of a Buffalo Bills fan falling headfirst into a bus. <laughs> and I'm... I'm, I'm People don't understand. Right now, we start so. tailgating on like Thursday afternoon in Buffalo. It's 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 it's, it's a thirty four second clip. There's and nothing it's kind else of yeah. Wait do. for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. And then it just gets there with a quickness, and it's so good. He's basically drinking out of a wiffle bat, and he spins around like the, you know the spin around on the bat thing. Oh god! And then about the thirty second mark, he just starts stumbling and goes headfirst into the front of a bus. It's amazing. Uh. Can maybe if you want to once you see that if you decide that's uh, appropriate for the Stens page. I know we don't get into a lot of like you know drinking discussion on <laughs> the Stens page or any like sort of weird. It's mostly a you know Bible study right, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. That might be worthwhile <laughs> to add to it. So uh, you know, speaking of of Charger Marcus, Luke's best friend, um, <laughs> there's actually a, a a Buffalo Bills tailgater named Pinto Ron who cooks who cooks really? on an old Pinto. And he, he That's awesome. owes awesome. it from game to game, home and away. And he wow. cooks on the body of this 
Pinto. It's been doing it forever. Uh, so if you're looking for men with car names to go check out, Pinto Ron should make the list. And it's worth noting that the Sportive Alrighty. is Minnesota's leading independent sports podcast. So it really is. We were named the best uh, sports podcast in Minneapolis, St. Paul by the local alternative weekly. And then like two weeks later, the guy who wrote the blurb got <laughs> fired and the Walt weekly got bought by a different paper and went under. So that is the story of the sport. I like pod. it. And if you Google Pinto Ron, you'll see a picture of him. And there's a guy in the background wearing a Doug Flutie bills Jersey. So there you go. That's uh, awesome. I think that's it for us. Oh, show Twitter at LRB podcast, where I'm sure Jeremy will kindly retweet that video that you just put for me. Uh, Email us little red bandwagon at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And uh, Christy, your episode of Nerd Out Loud with Weedini, the marijuana musician, mm-hmm. uh, magician just dropped. And uh, it was a delight. Yes. I followed along at home and he got my card. Okay. So that's two <laughs> out of three. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, definitely worth a listen. Uh, and of course, the obvious jokes are made about making your weed disappear, etc. Disappear, yeah. but he actually he brought the magic. I was wondering if that part would actually happen or not, or if he would just promise to get to it next week, like any other stoner I know. Right. <laughs> um, with yeah. that, folks. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Mike. We love you, Jen. Who the fuck is Sean DeTore? I don't know. And they were just, I've never had anything that good in my mouth ever. Nailed it. Money tree. <laughs> like Money tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it.